Welcome everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the Quill Podcast. I am your host, Raul, and I'm glad to have you here with me. And this time we're gonna go more in-depth about the life of my grandfather. Last week was sort of a big episode where we talked and we gave you like context where Romania was in the world and where it was heading next so now let's get into it as you can see on the map uh, if you're watching us live or on YouTube if you're listening I'm currently showing a, a map of Romania in 1935 and the Balkans and how everything was shaping during that time and you know this is where the story starts because this is where my grandfather John was born here in Romania and look at this it was a really really big country back then a really big kingdom as I told you even last time I even uh, got to show you some videos about it and you know Romania was doing pretty well uh, they were allied with France uh, so you know France was quite a power back in the day before World War II and we kind of got inspired even Bucharest was uh, kind of a little Paris of the East European, you know, countries. And it was something uh, truly magnificent. But we're now like four years in, my grandfather grew up, you know, with fifth, uh, with five brothers and uh, brothers and sisters and on the, in a countryside next to Cluj or Klausenburg here and you know back in the day growing up as a child it was very difficult you as you can probably imagine you had no running water mostly no electricity if any uh, and if you were lucky even if they were uh, next to such a big city as Klausenburg or Cluj which was the fifth biggest city in Romania back then as it was it as it had like 101,000 people and a few more hundred I don't really know the exact numbers but uh, that was Cluj the city he grew up next to so you know <clears throat> he he might have had the chance to see some electricity but knowing the state of Romania, Romania's infra infrastructure and everything that was built there, Romania was a big like uh, peasant country, you know, uh, they were mainly focused on agriculture and uh, rarely on anything heavy, unless we're talking about heavy industries like oil, uh, or gas or iron or uh, aluminium and stuff like that 
where Romania had a lot of resources to pull from. So, you know, it, it was an interesting time to grow up as a little boy. And in the countryside, especially where they were, no matter the age, after a certain age, you, you had to either go to school and finish like four grades or go to, you know, work the fields and keep clean the house and take care of uh, the animals, feed the animals and stuff like that. Which, as you know, is if you ever had the chance to actually uh, do this and live through this, you know that it, it ain't easy, especially for children. But, you know, you grow up with a certain mentality and a certain uh, physical strength, in my opinion, and endurance, uh, especially in the heat which, you know, especially these days where we're talking climate change, it's, it's something tragic. Well, um, yeah, this was the state uh, he was in. But things changed and had to change. You, if you're watching live on, or on YouTube, you can see already a few things up up there on the browser and yeah I prepared uh, stuff ahead because it's really important that we we kind of fit the things so so by the way I forgot to play the music the very awesome background music that I found let's move on so we're we last ended in 1939 the 1939 ended with the Soviet Union Union being expelled from the League of Nations you know after the Polish being split between the Nazis and the Soviets and the gruesome gruesome stuff and fucked up stuff started happening even in on november 8 1939 the the attempts on hitler's life which failed so with that we enter the 1940s the most grave year for uh, romania in my opinion at least what it pretends to like world war ii because they were in a tough spot being allies with the french and being uh, basically surrounded by what were the bulgarians the yugoslavia the yugoslavian the hung Hungarian, Austro-Hungarian Empire, the, the Russians East and they were in a really really shitty position at the time with no allies nearby being having Germany and you know Italy splitting Europe in two and leaving no escape for, for 
Romania on either side and uh, in the 1940 uh, starts with you know Finland signing a peace treaty with the Soviets but Nazis invading Denmark, Norway, France, Belgium, Luxembourg and, and the Netherlands Churchill in May on May 10th becoming uh, the British Prime Minister so things uh, were starting to happen in in the world and they were at a very rapid rapid pace also in 1939 before we move on uh, Germany uh, demands a monopoly on Romania's exports mainly oil lumber and grain you know agricultural products uh, because the Romanians got really really panicked in 1939 um, with the threats of the Soviets to the east and you know the short short ration of ammo and power and manpower that Romania had especially during that those days they they expected uh, a bit a bit more but in exchange for all this hitler promised the romanians uh, you know their borders and to be a bit more lenient and forgive them this didn't happen though from what i understand hitler thought that romania should be punished and here in the 1940s it all becomes tricky very very tricky and it goes something like this after after the just a second because i have a few things here right so after may 10th where nazis invade france belgium luxembourg and the netherlands uh may 15th uh, holland uh, surrenders uh, the netherlands surrender dunkirk happens belgium surrenders and you know Germans enter Paris on June 14th France signs uh, over a week later an armistice so they're basically done but what what does that mean for Romania as I, as I told you they entered the war neutral they were allies though with the French but there was a, pe a treaty between uh, Germany and the Soviets when they made the treaty to split um, basically Poland into two when they signed uh, the pact on August 23rd 1939 um, they also basically gave them the 
green light basically to try to take over Bessarabia or what is today the Republic of Moldova and Transnistria so here's the fun part nineteen forties come along uh, Romania has no more allies uh, since France was bitten to a pulp and the British had to retreat in their own little island and the rest of the Europe was uh, on its knees at the mercy of Hitler and you know Stalin that means that after the whole deal with uh, Germany after the whole thing something something horrible happened in East the Soviet Union uh, basically threatens Romania giving them an ultimatum give us Bessarabia or we'll come and get it uh, uh, here in Romania they start to get even more panicked get more afraid try to find other solutions you know to do something but uh, it doesn't really work out as planned because this is uh, what happens basically the Germany and Italy basically Mussolini and Hitler meet up and discuss you know their plans to how to stand strong against uh, the Soviet Union and how did, did they plan this they planned an Eastern uh, United Front what that what did that mean that meant that they had to kind of unite what was uh what were the country of uh, Czechia, Austria, Hungary, Romania and their half of Polonia into one big front against you know the the Soviets and to do that and to further punish Romania they basically forced Romania to give their uh, northern territories especially Transylvania to over to you know Hungary what does that mean well it means that this place was all given to Hungary which you know sucked uh, and here you can even read if you're watching live or on YouTube a, a, a little bit more about this but Romania basically loses in 1940s a bunch of territories uh, after the they are forced and Hungary basically invades Romania to get their territories uh, the Romanians lo also lose a huge chunk of what it was Bessarabia and Transnistria to the Soviets because uh, after the ultimatum Romania tried to uh, 
actually Romania got a second economic deal with uh, Germany, Nazi Germany and you know trying to withhold at least what was left in east and south of Romania and they basically got screwed over there too with the Soviets actually invading in 1940 and the Bulgarians getting their small chunk here uh, south of the Danube you know and here's where the fun gets even more fun <laughs> basically because Romania uh, the, Rom the big Roman kingdom Romanian kingdom it has fallen and the big big chunk that it got uh, after the world the first world war was lost and here's where the fun basically begins for Romania so to speak because a lot of things happen you know uh, in that summer and it, it, it was something something extraordinary and I it it honestly baffles me how it happens and why it happened or god knows what was in their mind but basically romania had no chance either way germany was already uh, attacking the russians here north on the map north of romania and they met somewhere around here if I remember my history correctly and and uh, having a big chunk of Transylvania under Hungarian rule was something terrifying but with the loss of these territories it meant something it meant that Carol, King Carol II had to abdicate was forced to abdicate after the loss of uh, Transylvania to Hungary General Ion Antonescu and the Iron Guard uh, the Romanian Legion basically took over and you know and Romania that way joined the Axis which in my opinion is mind-blowing honestly it is mind-blowing one of the things um, that the historians point out often is the fact that uh, Romania had the curse of being a, actually a very wealthy in natural uh, resources and that meant that they they were a big were to play a big part even if they wanted to be neutral you know so Dictatorships starts with General Ion Antonescu, which makes a third and final deal with Germany, giving them more stuff in exchange for weapons to fight against the Russians east and try to recover Bassarabia and Transnistria, but of course never getting uh, this small patch back from Bulgaria. Good. 
so in one summer Romania lost a third of their third of their land a third of their population and here is where the where it starts at least the story of my grandfather John because living in Cluj meant that he lived under Hungarian rule there are let me see if I can find the video because I do know I had one video about this that I might show to you See if I uh, it's about the Hungarians uh, coming home well basically celebrating their win in uh, over Transylvania and getting that territory Because uh, it's 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 a really interesting uh, thing to watch. Uh, yeah, here it is. I found it for you. Luckily, let me. So, if you're watching live or if you're watching on YouTube, I really hope you can watch this because it's really, really fascinating to see how they they saw and if you know Hungarian you're welcome to actually listen and try to translate it so this is Cluj this city in the 1940s after the su successful you know return of the Hungarian army back to Cluj where you know Cluj being one of the biggest cities they basically put their uh, signs and uh, emblems and everything you know trying to have a parade in a romanian city but under hungarian rule and i find this to be so 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 fascinating because you know that these people were basically either forced or they were actually hungarian and these are uh, some of the most important landmarks you can see uh, i could show you even today i went by this big cathedral and around here it, it's truly fascinating to basically jump back 70 80 years into the past and see how the city i grew up and i live in basically developed and you know this is just the city center that you're watching here so of course you're you're not gonna see a bigger wider spread but what's important here is to see how the hungarian army celebrated their victory after uh, finalizing their grasps over transylvania and you know over the whole territory that basically the Nazi Germany and uh, it, the Italians forced Romania to give up and 
it's just very very interesting in my opinion to watch something because I don't think uh, we would have had uh, this at least from the Romanian perspective because we were really shitty at keeping documents and stuff like that or we don't usually make it public uh, yeah you there was a palace here the one of the few palaces in Cluj but but it's really really it's really something to see and to know that between all these people there were also a bunch of Romanian that Romanians that had to be scared of what they were seeing here just like you know there might be Hungarians that might be scared of some asshole Romanians that you know are just simply assholes and you can't you can't excuse them by the way I'm not gonna show you the comments because the comments of of course are all horseshit and racist and dumb and it's pointless but you know it's it's something to see the difference between the paved streets and how nice it is now and how it how they're basically walking on mud even with you know their horses but yeah the, this is what how the hungarians celebrated after getting you know transylvania in their grasps after the whole thing but it doesn't end here for uh, romania because it gets worse so as stated Romania and uh, Antonescu Antone am I saying that right? Wait. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I was saying it right. I, I had a slip of memory for a second yeah so romania uh under antonescu made a third deal where they get got weapons and stuff like that I, I just i already mentioned that but in doing so they also participated in the holocaust they also took part in it and the xenophobia back then wasn't small was quite powerful there are statements from uh, big important romanian uh, public figures that even today they're speaking they're spoken highly of uh that were like yeah drown the jews in like the danube or burn them or stuff like that and it's horrible to know that you know it was a thing basically but with Rom with transylvania under hungarian rule and with Romania finally uh, fighting in the war against the Russian, trying to preserve what's left of the territory and the people, uh, a bunch of horrible, horrible stuff happens. The first of it, which uh, you, you saw here on Wikipedia, was the Dorohoi program, 
where they basically massacred over uh, 50 Jews for a shit reason because every tragedy of this sort is a shitty tragedy that is that has a shit motive behind it but uh, there are three big massacres that also happened in the 1940s with Hungarian rule and that meant that uh, everyone living in Oradia, Cluj, Dej, Bistrica, Trgumuresh, everywhere here in uh, Transylvania and Maramuresh was, you know, under basically tyranny and scrutiny and racism and xenophobia and all the worst of the worst things. But that doesn't absolve Romania from their blame, obviously. But on this uh, specific occasion, we're gonna talk about how a child, my grandfather, in having, you know, five years and with Hungarians taking over you know, and the war taking over uh, Romania, basically was left and was left not just him his entire family brothers and sisters and mother were left to their own as their father basically left them deserted them and became a refugee that ran and no one knew where he ran why he ran or where the hell he went because that's that's just that's just what happened and it's tragic to know that you're gonna leave a five-year-old and a bunch of other children when there's a war going on and you leave them god knows where in the middle of bumfuck nowhere near big city where you know there's gonna be danger because that's why you ran away because you knew the danger was coming and look at what happened it was such a cowardly thing on behalf of my great-grandfather to do that it's just a shame to to know that my grandfather had to live with the trauma that his father ran and he didn't hear about him for the rest of his life you know and that's that's simply simply tragic but with that we're speaking of tragic and speaking of getting over the whole mistakes that uh, Ion Antonescu and Carol II already made by getting themselves into the bed with the axis because you know Antonescu really believed believed in uh, Hitler that he he'll win the war he really thought that that man w would actually hit uh, hit a home run and win the whole world war but you know Romania always makes the worst choices the first time around or at least in the first half uh, just like it happened in World War 1 and this is just a replay of that but 
this time Romania wouldn't get nice uh, nice boost that it got last time where they got the this small here thing in Bulgaria and they didn't get back you know uh, Basarabia and Transnistria spoilers and yeah here's where the tragedy basically starts and these are three of the biggest tragedy that happened in Romania that are just known and because if you if you could ask people that lived back then and that were here in you know in uh, Transylvania that were of uh, Romanian ethnicity they're gonna tell you more horrific stories about people getting bitten uh, getting you know just burgled and trashed and you know treated like they were less than human or like they were human shields in the case of war you know they didn't care about uh, about the lives of romanians even though technically they were on the same side of the war but you know it it just didn't matter but let's talk about the these three big massacres and tell you how they go you know and how they figure into the tragedy and uh, the tragedy that is my grandfather's childhood uh, there are three basically and they were like this uh, happened one happened in on 9th 13th 14th of september then you had the 26th of Sep uh, november and here is how they went uh, basically Ferenc Bay uh, was a Hungarian border guard and in their battalion in Debrecen and you know They were en route to exterminate locals from Magura, uh, uh, you know, a small community, uh, a, a larger village, so to speak, you know, which apparently belonged to him. So, you know, they got into the village and they killed the children that pastured the animals. They fired at locals and you know they killed 87 Romanians and 6 Jews without any remorse or any you know fear or of repercussion and no one knows if they actually got anything but there was an aftermath apparently so you know in the lining they the hungarians of course uh my, well this you know i'm reading off wikipedia uh so i'm learning with you uh 
they basically claimed that the killings were in relations with uh, because the Hungarian troops were fired upon which you know which is weird in some sense because yeah but uh, apparently the claims are not supported by accounts of witnesses so yeah it's it's a tragedy that happened and happened because of assholes assholes that uh, exist even today and this type of assholery exists for no no particular reason i forgot the music again but luckily i remembered it just now good let's move on but uh, after the war apparently the Cluj people's tribunal sentenced in this case and other war crimes 40 481 people out of which 100 to death and 164 3 to life imprisonment most of them were uh, trialed in absentia and never served their sentences see see what i mean <laughs> they they didn't really they didn't really get get them the, they didn't get these assholes so. yeah sucks moving on to the IP massacre that happened a few days later um, uh, yeah it, it was another one of those things where The Hungarian army basically made a stop and then, you know, basically shit hit the fan <clears throat> and it wasn't, it wasn't very nice. But that was another, just another another massacre that happened, and there were between 152 and 158 killed Romanians, confirmed at least, plus another 16 deserters, and it's it's truly something something goddamn horrible and goddamn really really kind of fucked up in some major way then there was the Jilava massacre happened that happened on November 26 1940 near Bucharest so right after the earthquake on November 10th that hit Vrancha and that damaged uh, uh, 
uh, for me, uh, Bucharest, you know, here's the death toll with Bucharest having some over 140 death and over 86 injured and you know it, it was another tragedy so Romania the 1940 year wasn't a good year for Romania so yeah this was this time it was something uh more fucked up because even more fucked up because the romanians were you know directly uh, in implicated in this but in in a horrible horrible way where they executed inmates and you know shot a lot of people that the it was just such a political fucking move that it, it just it's it's very complicated and it's very very you know fucked up that this happened too but you know it, it, it was it was something uh, pertaining to the internal power struggle between uh, the guard, the Iron Guard and Ion Antonescu so you know yeah the, this happened too for some reason so here we are in the 1940s, Hungaria is, and the Hungarian army is doing atrocities, holy, atrocities all over from, uh, Transylvania, killing people, having them, you know, change their names. One of the things that happened right after uh, Hungary took over Transylvania was the basically Hungarization or Magyarization of Romanian names in the sense that for example they had to change their name to resemble something closer to uh, the Hungarian names you know if there were a, they had a pure Romanian name that made sense only in Romanian you know they tried to get it closer by adding syllables or changing syllables to sound more Hungarian you know to have a bigger uh, claim at Transylvania even after the war you know that that was the thought process there because when you when you conquer a place you wanna simulate them and basically force them to assimilate through processes like these where you change names where you adapt names where you you know uh, mix and match and basically force yourself into into their lives and force them into the life you want them to lead you know 
and so Romania had you know Transylvania and a bunch of other territories now under someone else's rule though the stupid irony being that one of those territories were now territories of their own allies which they still were betrayed by time after time after time uh, with Hitler basically sucking uh, Romania dry of its resources, its oil, its grains, its everything because Romania was one of the biggest producers of and sources of crude oil in that time period you know so that and not just that but I, I think that helped uh, very much uh, Germany when fighting the war and resisting after failing to capture the oil reserves of the Russians which it was a whole thing and deal that basically turned the tide against uh, the Germans and helped uh, the Soviet Union advance and fight back against Germany now here we are in the 1940s in the middle of the war with my grandfather John living somewhere near Cluj near one of the biggest cities that was you know taking part of this war that was happening having the Russians on east having the Bulgarians at the south trying to fight back against the Red Army and having to basically live as a refugee in their own country just like the first episode hinted at this Romania made a lot of mistakes in 1939-1940 leading up to this and there was no helping it Romania was basically in the middle of in the middle of the best place that one could wish for but Romania was weak and it was between a lion and a bear and both ate them and consumed what was Romania so being a child being five years old living on the fields with no discernible future ahead because you might have been killed raped you know kept as a pet or just starved to death because you don't own any fields when you're five you don't know when they're, they're gonna come in and leave you an orphan because your father ran and your mother is just a simple woman 
You don't know when you're gonna remain without brothers, sisters, or if you're gonna see tomorrow in any way, shape, or form. These were things he had to deal with at five years old. You know, he didn't really have a choice. He went on to do what? Three grades from what I understood. He didn't get to high school actually. So that's what I, that's what my parents told me about my grandfather. He had three classes at the end of the day. Because in the 1940s, after all this tragedy, Romania befell badly. It fell badly and in a very, very bad shape. Economically, they were destroyed. They lost a third of their territories, people and infrastructure and, you know, taxes, money, and whatever wealth those three territories had, leaving them wounded, basically, betrayed by what they thought would be allies, and alone, between a bear and a lion, and they weren't afraid to eat at it to basically leech off Romania and whatever they had to massacre people but this is all so so what they deserved because Romania had a population of 700 over 700,000 Jews and they weren't safe whatever it had be befallen Romania Romania was about to do a lot of nasty things back to the world and it never recovered no one ever recovered from what Romania did and neither did Romania from what it got whether it's you know losing Transylvania Transnistria, Bessarabia or that small patch south of the Danube where now the Bulgarians reside but this was only the a beginning of the fun so to speak the beginning of the mistakes the tragedies the horror that has befallen here it was tragic it truly was on both sides but war is war and we never really recover from it ask a veteran They'll tell you. They don't. You don't really recover. Now imagine having no way to cope with any of it. Having a population that was eighty percent 
you know, countryside was 80% farmers, peasants, plebs. Most of them with less than eight classes, so less than middle school. Most of them never got to high school or, you know, college. There was no certain future for Romania. 18 million people in 1939 suddenly dropped to 12, 1940. Just, you know, eight months later, it was all gone. Yeah. And my grandfather was literally in the middle of Transylvania where tragedy after tragedy after massacre after massacre was happening whether it was two Romanians or two Jews gypsies or gay people this was the story and the beginning of the story of my grandfather's life life stricken with poverty life stricken with a coward, coward father that ran and left five children and one mother on their own. To leave a five-year-old on the fields of Cluj, where gunfire, bombs, a horrible, horrible army doing horrible, horrible things to people was roaming. Instead of staying and defending your patch of land, your family at least, so you, 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 you can assure that they're safe, but you ran like a coward down south or west. No one knew, no one knows, and I don't think no one will, I don't think anyone will ever find out where he went. But my father, my grandfather, actually, lived. He survived 1940. He survived it through all the horror, through the name change, through everything that he'd seen. He survived. He survived. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is where we end for today. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed uh, this story. And we'll be back next week, same hour, talking about 1942, 1943, 1944. And, you know, what was happening in World War II and how people were living in Transylvania under the rule of Hungary and how the war was shaping Romania and the East. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on any podcasting platform, 
I appreciate you. If you like this story, don't forget to leave a like, a share, subscribe and all that. Next time. Thank you for watching. Bye bye.